Go. All right. I think I got it. Oh, I mean, yeah. we've only been doing this now. We're two years now. You think we would know what we're doing? <laughs> it's it's funny because this is about our fourth or fifth time to do this via satellite, and if you want to call it that, and I do, and every time it's a it's a it's an issue. Uh, it makes me more sympathetic to like local news channels. You know how they're always like, "Now let's send it to Cindy in the field." <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly right. Yes, Larry, I'm here live at the. They're the worst. So. Yeah, but we do this. We we don't do this for a living. So you know, we just talk about grace for a living and don't show it to newscasters or each other. Get your act together, Rusty. (laughs) That's true. All right, let's do this thing. Yep. You you were ready, man. You're like, let's let's get this podcast started at the clock, and I know we got things to do and. Your voice, <laughs> you ramped it up. <laughs> yeah, let's do this thing. <laughs> All right, you ready? Yeah, go for it. Well, hello, hi, and howdy, everyone. This is One Hour a Week, a 30-minute ministry podcast. I'm Jared Hollier. He is Rusty Mont. How's it going, everybody? And we are uh, not in the same room today, recording this uh, via FaceTime, doing our best. Oh, yeah. So it'll be fine. How you feeling this morning, Rusty? Man, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? I'm all right. We were both a little tired last week. Oh, I'm I'm full of energy now. If you didn't hear Jared's uh, intro during the cold open, uh, man, I, that's got me energized and ready to do two or three of these episodes. I'm full of coffee and the Holy Spirit and uh, just re- happy that it's not Monday. How about that? That sounds like a hashtag on a mom's Facebook page this morning. <laughs> that's the somebody's Instagram caption right now, I promise you. <laughs> full of the Holy Spirit and Jesus. All I need is a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of grace. Mm. Um, hey, That's right. speaking of coffee and grace, today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about needing those things sometimes because uh, we are not immune to discouragement, and we know that many of our ministry friends are are the same. And so today we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about uh, a little bit about some of the things that can get us discouraged in ministry, but more than that, we're going to talk about the ways that we can fight through the discouragement. Uh, both personally and kind of big picture. What are some things that all of us should keep in mind and keep doing uh, to help fight off discouragement? Exactly. Because uh, it's a real thing. Discouragement is real, man. Uh, especially on Monday mornings, right? You've Everybody in ministries heard the thing about you never resign on a Monday morning because there's another Sunday coming. Yeah. I'm oh, just knocking you just, stuff down over here. Y'all hearing uh, noise? Did you just fall out of your chair? <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, I'm just trying to make sure... Things are plugged up and plugged in over here at the uh, podcast studio on my end. So we should have done all that this before AC we, adapter before we hit record. Don't you think this this AC adapter you got me, man? What I said, we should have done all this before we hit record. I am so discouraged now. You know, I don't want to discourage anybody about this podcast, but Jared's the worst. <laughs> oh, said in love, of course. So let's start with Mondays. Do you uh, ever or regularly or often find yourself with that Monday morning kind of preaching hangover? I think that 
one of two things happens, and we've talked about this a little bit before. I am the guy who rides the wave of success way too long or the wave of failure way yeah. too long. Like depending on, depending on how I feel that it went is how I kind of respond. So that's been, a, been an issue for me because, you know, there's probably more bunts than there are home runs, <laughs> yeah. right? Uh, so, so I think I, I am very emotionally tied to how I feel my sermon and the Sunday night Bible study went. And yeah, there have been many Monday mornings when, and I guess even, so I, I guess I could say on both ends of that, the, the discouragement is real because even when you do some really, really home run type of message where you feel like, man, that was great. God really came through and that was awesome you wake up Monday morning and you're like, I got to do that again. Yeah, every week. The pressure, Sunday's always coming. Yeah, so we have to be careful not to ride either the success or failure too long because if you ride it all day Monday, then you get into Tuesday and then Wednesday's here and you got to stand up and teach on Wednesday night. So you really can't spend too long lingering on what happens Sunday. Um, <clears throat> so how, how much of our discouragement though, and this is a question and a statement, how much of our discouragement is tied to the way people respond to what happens on Sunday? Because we we spend most of our week ramping up to, uh, you know, the Sunday morning sermon is the highlight of our week as preachers. Um, and then it really can just be so deflating to stand up. You know, you spend all week working on the message and you give it your best. And then it's not that people might respond badly or have a, a negative reaction. They just kind of don't respond at all. Just, hey, good job, preacher, and walk out the door. Um, and so it's like, if they're not excited, we can take that as discouragement when they don't mean anything bad by it. It's just kind of an apathetic. Yeah. Hey, you did your thing. Good job. Yeah. Well, I think most of my discouragement personally is related to people and their response to my ministry. Uh, whether it's disappointment in me and the way I handled situations, disappointment in something I did or didn't do or the quality of my sermon. So I, I would say that communication wise, I feel like I, I'm, I'm pretty confident for good or bad in my preaching. So the danger for me is more about being a people pleaser. And as a pastor, you can't please all the people in your church, whether you're pastoring a group of 10 or a group of 300, you're not going to please everybody. So there's always somebody who is disappointed and I hate disappointing people. So that discouragement for me is almost a constantly lingering issue because I'm always disappointing people. Yeah. And you mentioned something last week too, uh, that I think is a, a pretty common source of discouragement. And that is when we as leaders have an idea or, or we want to try something or we want to change something, uh, and we might spend weeks or months thinking about it, praying about it, sorting through the details of it. And then uh, because we're you know, congregationalist churches or elder-led churches, we can present it to a group of people who have the authority and permission just to shut it down um, with, with one meeting and one conversation. I remember uh, when I was pastoring at Peachtree, <clears throat> uh, had an idea of something I wanted to do on Sunday nights. And so talked to some of our deacons and leaders about it, and we were excited about it. And uh, because it would have been a church scheduling change, they said, well, you should present that in a business meeting. And so we, we worked out the details and we had a plan in place and word got out that we were fixing to change the schedule. Well, you know, Baptists are often not in favor of change, good or bad. Dun, dun, dun. 
And so the business meeting came and it was our record attendance for a business meeting and they all voted against it. Oh. Yeah, and shut it down. And so it was this this great thing that we had spent, you know, two months uh, praying about and thinking about and working through. Uh, and then another month kind of getting the details, getting the schedule of how exactly we would implement it. And then in one 30-minute business meeting, it went from this great thing that we're going to try to non-existent. And so that was... That was a tough week after that one, just to kind of to swallow that pill and and have to figure out how to move on. Yeah, yeah. So the reason we want to talk about encouragement today is because discouragement is so real. There is nothing more real when you get together with a group of pastors. What almost always ends up coming out is what you're discouraged about, what's going bad, what's good. So I guess that's kind of funny too, because when pastors get together, one of two things happens. Either it's like, uh, you know, the the whole kind of peacocking thing where yeah. you're basically just like, man, this is going great. Everything's awesome. Our church is super cool. My ministry is amazing. Or Woe is me. there's really no, Everything's yeah, terrible. it's not very much middle yeah. ground, right? Uh, but I think more often than not, it is the discouragement that fights us. Um, and I, I talked to a friend this week who is struggling with some discouragement and doesn't even really know why. And uh, he's, he's a listener, so he'll know we're giving a shout out, but I'm not going to say his name. But the funny thing is, and I even told him this, like in a couple of weeks, I'll be calling him with the same issue, right? Yeah. It's something that we all face. And I heard a statistic that is really sobering uh, earlier this week that 1,700 ministry leaders, and I think that's vocational ministry leaders, quit ministry every single month. And the main reason they cite quitting ministry is discouragement. Yeah. That's incredible to think about. And it's, uh, I think one of the reasons we get discouraged is because we live in a culture that has a distinct lack of encouragement. Uh, Encouragement's not something we do well anymore. We are a society of cynics. We're a society of people who really tear down instead of build up. We we don't take seriously what Paul says in Ephesians where he says, don't let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only that that is useful for building up. Um, we don't build each other up very often. We're a society that, that critiques and tears down instead of encouraging. So we want to talk for a few minutes today about how we find encouragement and what is our source of encouragement on those days of discouragement. Because the reality is, if you're not in those days right now, those days are coming. And you might be in an encouraged state today, but we need to learn the things that we can, in a sense, preach to ourselves so we can be able to continue on those other more difficult days. So Jared, let's start just with you. How do you fill yourself up after emptying yourself out? How do you find encouragement on days when you're discouraged? All right, well, and, and maybe we can kind of volley back and forth and, uh, and I'll, I'll give one and you yeah. can give one. I've found that I'm yeah I'm most susceptible to discouragement when I'm just tired. There are seasons in ministry where the calendar is busy on the church schedule and maybe our family stuff is busy and there's extra. And so when I don't intentionally take time off uh, and just rest and get refreshed and spend some time um, laying around doing nothing, uh, I am more prone to discouragement. And I think there's a biblical principle for that. I don't think it's, uh, you know, one of the Ten Commandments is take a day off, uh, honor the Lord by resting. Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary, and I will give you rest. Heaven is described as a place of eternal rest. And so 
Uh, I don't think it's <clears throat> I don't think it's just that. Oh, I get tired and sad. No, there's some spiritual uh, things at play there too. So, um, and my wife is is one of the greatest blessings in this area. She's real quick to call me out if a month goes by and I've just been uh, spinning my wheels and going like crazy. She'll say, "Hey, when's the last time you took a few days off?" Um, and she'll she'll even tell me on Monday morning, uh, "Hey, which day are you taking off this week?" So uh, we we just have to be. And we've talked about this before too. We we don't need to take it so far the other way that we're unwilling to work. You know, I was talking to a guy last week about um, how he has one day off a week and he won't do anything. Like he refuses to take a phone call, refuses to take a message, refuses to look at his email. That's a little too legalistic. But we do need to carve out time to just rest and stop and trust that the ministry and the world and the kingdom will keep on moving, even if I take a day off. Yeah. In, Ready for yeah. me to say one? <laughs> yeah, sorry. Okay. Sorry, I was, I didn't know. Sorry, I was, I didn't I was know. writing something down. <laughs> <laughs> well, see, that's what's funny, too, uh, about recording remote. And I'm just leaving this in the podcast so you people see how the sausage is made here. Uh, when you're not together, like, you can't point at the other person and be like, your turn, yeah, bro, sorry. right? Uh, I was so. making a note of something. <laughs> It's all good. Well, well, I will. I will start with one th- area I know when I get really discouraged. One thing that I will almost always notice in my life. I will agree with yours, but I will also, uh, I guess, play it on that same idea of Sabbath rest. Not only do we find our rest in just doing nothing, but we find our rest in our worship. And I think a lot of times when I find myself extremely discouraged, I have been relying on my own energy and my own passion and my own strength instead of relying yeah. on Jesus. So when I get real discouraged, to me, a lot of times, it is a sign of spiritual lacking in my own personal life. It's a sign of me not praying enough and not getting in the word. Now, please don't hear me say that if you're discouraged today, it's because you haven't been. Wow, Rusty, Jesus how enough. judgmental. That's not what I'm trying to say. Jeez. I know, but... But what I, what I am saying is for me, that can be something I need to check. Like, so put this on the checklist of things you might need to look at. So that's kind of what we're building here, I guess, in some ways. So, you know, have, are you tired? Have you been getting in the word? Have you been praying? So for me, it's, it is that where I will discover, man, I've been working in the uh, kitchen a lot, but I hadn't yeah. been eating anything for myself to sure. use that, uh, that metaphor. Right. Uh, so man, Uh, one source for me that is a constant source of encouragement on those days, almost every time when I'm discouraged in my ministry, I find myself going back to the pastoral epistles, going to first and second Timothy and Titus. And you can read through those probably in about 30 minutes, all of it. And it always encouraged me. It's kind of like, I call it a hard reset, you know, uh, like the computer stops working, things are glitchy and it's just not going right. And it's just kind of a big pain and nothing seems to be working right. And you've tried everything you can. And sometimes you just got to unplug it or or hit the button and hold it and make it completely reboot. Kind of for me, that spiritually, that spiritual hard reset for me has been going to the pastoral epistles and just reminding myself who I'm called to be as a pastor and uh, stop worrying about the things that aren't my job and aren't my problem, but instead uh, recenter myself around the calling that God has placed in my uh, life. Something else I've noticed is I, I often get discouraged when I measure success wrong. And I know we talked a few weeks ago about how do we measure success. Uh, and we even mentioned earlier, you know, one of the most discouraging things is the response of the people to uh, a sermon or how, you know, were numbers low this week or we plan an event and people didn't come out. 
those are all wrong ways to measure success. Uh, and so when we when we start measuring success by nickels and noses, as the old saying goes, uh, sure, it's easy to get discouraged because it's never going to be enough, right? If, if that's what we want is more, more is not a cap. There is no end to more. So if all you're after is more, you're never going to get there. Um, so a few years ago, I wish I could remember who told me this, but they said one of the, the best ways to measure success in ministry and success in discipleship is if you think of your church as uh, a bullseye. So there's a you know center circle and then concentric circles. He said, our goal in ministry should be to have the people that are outside the circle, so the lost community, brought into the circle of believers and then have those people moved closer to the center because the center is, you know, like imagine your super disciple, your your ultimate disciple of Jesus Christ, just to be always moving people closer toward the middle. And so instead of measuring success by how many people were here or how do the finances look or how did that sermon go over, you know, take a step back and look back at the last six months. Do we have any new believers in our church? In the past six months, do we have any recent converts who are plugged into a Sunday school class or a community group? In the last six months, do we have any long-term members who are starting to serve and be more active? And when you when you step back and take a broader look, it's easy to be encouraged instead because you can identify, instead of looking at the room and saying, oh, the room is not as full, you can see individuals who are closer to Christ than they were six months ago. And so that's that's a way that I find encouragement is that instead of looking at the big picture, oh, numbers were down, uh, you know, finances are down, whatever the case may be, um, I can look at this person and go, oh, Kirk is a better disciple now than he was six months ago. Nick is more active and more involved than he used to be. Uh, we just baptized Julian and his parents started coming. Um, so that's, that's for, in, in fact, I remember now that um, I had a, a college professor, Dane Folks, he was our chaplain at ETVU and also taught some ministry classes. And he told us, uh, and this has stuck with me. And in fact, Elizabeth has this written in the cover of her Bible, that success in ministry will always be measured by the names of individuals. And so that's a great source of encouragement. Instead of looking at the, the bigger things that could get you down, look at the small victories that you have. Definitely. Uh, I think a little less um, spiritual and more insanely practical here for this one. When I get really discouraged, I find that it's good sometimes. And what you're actually saying spiritually is kind of take a step out and look at the big picture. But for me, a practical way to do that is get out of the office. Go somewhere, go where the people are, whether that's a coffee shop, uh, our friend Randy Redkey. Uh, anytime that I've been discouraged and talked to him, he's like, have you been outside today? He's like, go outside. I thought man. you were going to say, anytime I like get discouraged, like, I call Randy. And then I'm like, well, at least I'm not him. <laughs> like, I feel so much better about my life and situation. <laughs> no, no. Anytime that I call Randy and I'm discouraged, he uh, encourages me to go outside. And, and that's a good thing, man. Go to the park and study there for a while. Sometimes just getting out of your normal setting uh, for for me, the office sometimes can represent all of the problems in ministry, all the administrative things that are in my way, all the cri- criticisms that I've been hearing. And to just kind of get out of that a little bit, I think is a very beneficial thing. So uh, maybe just having a day where you are working, but you do something very out of the ordinary. Even for me as a pastor, sometimes when I'm real discouraged, I take a day to go visit you know, do visit some folks. Oddly enough, one of the critiques that probably is fair is that I don't do enough visiting. So, I, you know, not only am I 
silencing critics, but I'm also encouraged when I go out and get with the body of Christ and, and see some believers and encourage other people. You know, uh, we've talked about depression a little bit before and our struggles with that, but you know they that literally one of the cures for depression is going and serving other people, yeah. getting outside of yourself. Uh, and I think sometimes one of the ways you can cure discouragement is to encourage others. So uh, get out of the office. That's a helpful thing that's uh, been good And for I me. think on top of all of these, um, the, the bottom line is that we, even as ministry leaders, need to remember that we are disciples ourselves first, that we're not just pastors and we're not just leaders. We need to make sure that we are not just discipling others, but we are being discipled, that we have uh, brothers and sisters in our lives who are pushing us closer to Christ, that we're taking time um, you know, you used the, the kitchen illustration earlier that we're not just cooking meals for other people that we take time to sit down and eat for ourselves. And so uh, don't just be a pastor. Don't just be a ministry leader. Make sure that first and foremost, you are a disciple of Jesus Christ yourself. Because as we follow Jesus closer, uh, just his work in our hearts and the Holy Spirit uh, at work in our own lives, that's going to help fight off a lot of the discouragement that our flesh is tempted to buy into. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, I, one more kind of tag on that. I think all of these things that we've mentioned not only are summed up in keep growing in Christ, but you, you are not a disciple on your own, but God has given us brothers and sisters in Christ um, and friends that are in ministry with you, I think is one of the most important things we can have. And I've said this about you and about several of our listeners who are all good friends that uh, without the brothers and sisters in ministry around me, I don't think that I could do what I do. Uh, they are a constant source of encouragement to me. And even when they talk to me and they're discouraged, I'm encouraged that I'm not the yeah, only one who's yeah, discouraged, right? So having having those brothers and sisters in ministry to uh, talk to and to vent to and to have pray for you and help you is such a blessing from the Lord. So uh, we're all disciples. We're all on this journey, but you're not on this journey alone. We have brothers and sisters who are running alongside of us, spiritual running partners who are in the race with us as well. So don't let the enemy convince you that you're alone. Uh, be encouraged today that you are striving for the same goal that many brothers and sisters all around the world are doing. So find some friends, get connected with some other ministry and, friends. And I will end my, uh, my half of this conversation with Hebrews 3. Verse 1, which says, Therefore, holy brothers who share in the heavenly calling, fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest whom we confess. Ultimately, that's going to be the cure for a lot of our discouragement is just fixing our thoughts on Jesus every day, uh, on and on and on, uh, in community with other people, in the church, outside the church, all the things we've said. But ultimately, we've got to fix our minds and our hearts and our thoughts on Jesus. Certainly. I'm, I'm a fan of doing that. <laughs> hey, one way that we, <laughs> I, I do want you to be encouraged, listener, whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you're doing. Um, and, and this will sound maybe just stupid and foolish because I don't know who I'm talking to, but I do want you 
specifically to be encouraged that if you are working for the Lord, if you are, whether that's Sunday school teacher, pastor, volunteer, vocational minister, uh, the work that God is doing through you is a good work. There is no wasted work when it's done for the kingdom. Any investment that you are making into kingdom work is a sound investment and God is gonna bless that. So I wanna encourage you wherever you're at today that you're not in this alone and that Jesus is with you and that his grace is sufficient for you in this day. So we wanna encourage you to be encouraged, but not only be encouraged, but be an encourager. Find someone who needs some encouragement and lift them up today. There's enough criticism in this world. Let's be encouragers. Let's be people who bless others by reminding them of the good things that come when we fix our eyes Hey, on Southeast Jesus. Texas friends, a uh, great opportunity for you to be encouraged in your ministry. It's coming up Saturday, April 7th at Hillcrest Baptist Church in Jasper. The Sabine Natchez Baptist area is putting on the Ignite Leadership Conference. There will be sessions for uh, Sunday school teachers, pastors, uh, music leaders, worship leaders, uh, deacons. There will be sessions on church security and safety, children's ministry, youth ministry, all kinds of stuff. And so you'll get to spend the day uh, with us. Rusty and I will be there leading this breakout session on social media. So uh, Saturday, April 7th, you can find out more information at snbarea.org. Click on the Ignite button, check it out, register $12 a person. Uh, not a bad investment at all to be invested in and to be encouraged. Dr. Richard Blackaby, that's, that's going to be, be good, awesome. man. He uh, literally, his dad wrote, wrote the, the book, book on, on experiencing <laughs> God. So literally, literally wrote the book. Uh, so it's going to be really good. So come hang out with us at that event. It will be an encouragement to you. Bring your church staff, bring your uh, lay leaders in your church. It is just going to be an awesome thing. Shout out to the Sabine Natchez Baptist area for sponsoring this episode and uh, for putting together this awesome conference that uh, we're going to enjoy. It's funny that in a minute we're going to hit stop on this recording and hang up our FaceTime phone call that we have going, and then I'm going to see you in like an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of it's kind of funny, uh, but that's the way it is. We're going to be hanging out with some other people, so we didn't want to be like, "Hey, it's really good yeah, to see you guys." Be yeah, quiet. I'll shut up for thirty <laughs> minutes while we record something. <laughs> All right, Rusty. Well, I'll see you in a little while. Hey, uh, great to see you. Good to see you at too, Jared at Hall, Rusty Mont. And it's also good to know that we will sound beautiful thanks to is that, this Pato? Is this Pato? And we are very thankful for you listening. So with that said, Jared, see you in a little while. Everybody else, drop the mic.